You are listening to the Plant-Based Performance Podcast. I am Kayla Slater, your host, plant-based marathon runner, registered dietitian, online nutrition and run coach, and plant-based foodie. This show is about giving plant-based endurance athletes and active individuals evidence-based information and practical advice so you can be healthy and perform at your best. You will hear from me as well as other clinicians or coaches on how you can live a plant-based lifestyle for your health and performance. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Plant-Based Performance Podcast. I am your host, Kayla Slater, and I am so excited for you guys to hear this interview that I did a couple weeks ago with Ellen. She is a vegan speaker, an author, a runner, and also a real estate agent. Her story is so inspiring, and she's just one of those people that I knew when I found out about her. Um, I knew that I had to interview her and I really wanted her to also be on my podcast. So I did originally did this interview in my Facebook community, but I really wanted to also put this interview on my podcast because I think it's just really, really inspiring. So um, if it's easier for you to go for a run, um, you can still listen, you know, listen to this interview while you're on your run. But in this interview, Ellen talks about her plant-based journey. Um, She talks about the six books that she read. She actually was um, on book tour before COVID happened. So when COVID happened, she kind of pivoted and that's how she got into real estate. But anyways, she will share her journey um, with you guys. We will talk about running and all of those things. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this. And without further ado, let's go right into the interview. So first of all, Kayla, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, You're quite the inspiration yourself, just from what little I know about you, marathoner, RD, I mean, all the things I like wanted to do um, way back when. So my, I'll try and keep my story brief. And the short story is my mom, aunt, and both sisters had breast cancer. Uh, We were all part of the breast cancer gene studies, the BRCA1, BRCA2 genetic studies. And uh, my aunt died of it in our home when I was five. So that had a really traumatic effect. And uh, I grew up in hospitals. We would joke that, you know, what relative was having what disease that was bringing the family reunion together that year. Um, you know, the endowment committee would make their presence known in the hospital room, trying to get donations because, oh, our family was so grateful for all the good care they were getting in the hospital. Um, and I don't mean to uh, belittle that. It's just that that was my reality. And I sometimes would joke, I must come from the sickest family in America. As the only adult female without breast cancer, um, and they all had diabetes and heart disease and various other conditions, um, you know, debilitating arthritis. And uh, you know, my parents were so sick and diseased by the time I had my three daughters, they couldn't lift them, let alone, um, you know, babysit them. So entire generations are are losing each other, and sometimes aren't even aware of it. All of my family of origin now is dead. Uh, my sisters were nine and 11 years older than me, so they were significantly older, but they just couldn't even begin, none of them, to dream about the kind of reality I'm living now because I just kind of set out at a young age to think, you know, there's got to be something different. There's got to be a different way to do this. Um, so I became a television investigative reporter in Miami and then St. Louis, my hometown. And in St. Louis, at the age of 28, I collapsed one day in the newsroom. 
um, of a colon blockage. And when they rushed me to the ER, the doctors there said they'd never seen a blockage so large in someone so young and I would need to be on medication the rest of my life. So I ran to the health food store, read all five books on fiber because that's all there was at the time and uh, really started changing my life. I started running that year and I'm now 68. So do the math, 28, 68, um, long time running. Wow. And uh, I had no idea. <laughs> significant breaks. Um, I went first and this was sort of the way my generation did all this because vegan really wasn't a word back then. So I went macrobiotic because that was um, basically a vegan diet except for whitefish, um, supposed to be preventative against cancer and then um, vegetarian and then vegan. And then when I got pregnant, I had dietitians and doctors saying, oh, you're gonna cause brain damage to your unborn fetus if you don't drink whey protein. You gotta get protein. Oh, no. Studies show the more protein you get, the stronger your baby's brains will be. I don't know, I think breastfeeding actually went a long way to help with my kids. But um, so I went off being vegan. I was actually vegan before I was married then you know, because of this misinformation went um, vegetarian and then back to vegan when I found myself down in Miami, uh, in Florida, when I moved down here. And um, I had, at the time when I was, um, I left television, I became a financial consultant and then the Atkins diet was getting all this new publicity, all the high protein diets, you know, South Beach Zone, did them all. Oh. And, um, and then when I moved down here, I had hemorrhaging fibroid tumors and they wanted to do a hysterectomy. And my OB gets on the phone in the emergency room again and says, you know, why don't you go back to that plant-based diet and call me in the morning? And within six weeks, all signs of menopause were gone. Didn't need to do a hysterectomy. And the, um, the, uh, the um, fibroids had shrunk to the point where they didn't need to do anything about them. And they're still with me, I guess, to this day, if they even exist, I don't know. Uh, so that's the last time I looked back at that point. And I started um, in 2006, there was a shotgun blast out my window. And I thought either somebody's like been murdered or that's a race starting. For fortunately, it was the latter. And I just wandered out the door and struck up a conversation with a woman who I'm still friends with to this day. And I go, how do people like run in Florida in the summertime? She goes, just get up at sunrise. And so I started doing that. So um, not long after I started volunteering for the high school girls cross country team. And uh, the coach said, you know, you really ought to start racing because you're, you're keeping up with these girls. And the local newspaper, as I was starting to write my books, um, the local newspaper did a story uh, keeping up with the girls. And so they, you know, it was just a feature story on how I could run as fast as these um, high school kids, high school girls. And we would do cross country and, you know, just run all over the place. And, you know, the coach wanted me to kind of, the head coach wanted me to kind of keep up with them to make sure they were safe. So um, then I wrote my first book and I didn't have time to volunteer four afternoons a week. And, you know, that's kind of how I progressed. But I started going to races and uh, I kind of joke, I win my age group now because um, I just show up. <laughs> I mean, it's not entirely awesome. true, actually. <laughs> Because you know, every time we have nothing better to do than hire a coach from UCLA to help train us for the National Senior Games, which um, what these are back here, 212 times I've placed in my age group since 2006, as I like to say, just on plants. And it kind of started at a race. I was wearing my first book, uh, 
I, I was wearing a picture of the book cover on my shirt, my racing shirt, uh, Eat Vegan on $4 a day. So it was really big out there. And somebody just kind of comes up to me and like stares at my chest at a race and goes, you can't run on a vegan diet. You sure can't race on a vegan diet. And I'm going like, you know what? Watch. <laughs> and that's what this is all about. Because I just keep hearing that um, you know, seeing that whole visual that day at the race when somebody really just was kind of in my face confronting me about it. And, uh, and I realized, you know, there's so many myths that we have to deploy and explode mm -hmm. here. Like, you know, where do you get your protein? Ooh. I don't know. Where is the protein wing of the hospital? Uh, um, just cause it really doesn't exist. And, um, there's so many things you can do to keep up your strength. So I've really gone on about that. So yeah. I'll throw it back to you if you have some questions or if anybody out there is listening has questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I love it. I just love everything about your story. Just the whole, even just, you know, that health scare and your health history and family history. I think that's just such a big part of it and seeing how where you're at and what's possible. I think that's just so inspiring, so amazing, so, so awesome. Um, and then also to, you know, just be there for really just promoting that you can absolutely do this and you can still run. Cause yeah, I, I hear that all the time from people is they, you know, they want to be plant-based or they have seen really good changes with it, but then they suddenly feel so good. They want to start running, but they're like, wait, can I do that? Like, can I still, can I still be active? And I'm like, absolutely you can. <laughs> if not, it could even, you know, it could really help you to even be a good runner. So that is just so, so cool. Um, so let's see, let's talk maybe about more of like, what are like the myths that you've heard a lot around, especially like, you know, I guess a senior, you know, senior athlete, like just, you know, being you, what are those kind of myths that people are kind of like, really? Like, is that really good for you? Or, you know, do any people come up to you and think like, you shouldn't do that, you know, at your age? kind of thing? <laughs> well, first of all, they usually don't guess my age, not anywhere close. So no. that helps. Yeah. Um, and funny, right. I, what, what is funny, it races, a couple of races, I've actually been asked to show my driver's license because when you get your age group award, you know, I don't look like any of the other two women who are standing on either side of me. And um, yeah. so, I mean, this was That's like after awesome. I got the award and it's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> are you really as old as you say you are? Yes, I am. Um, so and I think part of that is just, you know, lifetime of eating produce. I mean, there's a lot of water in plants. And so I think that helps to keep you hydrated. It's interesting. I, I've had this love-hate with caffeine over the years, and coffee in particular. When I was a television reporter in Miami, we had a vending machine. And it was not uncommon for me to drink 11 of those little Dixie cups or whatever cups, vending machine cups of coffee. And, you know, if we had to stay up for an 18-hour workday or longer, it was it was a great tool. Um, I stopped doing that when my I was getting heart palpitations. Like, okay, time to slow that one down. But um, what I've noticed over the years, especially as I've aged, is when I start drinking even just a cup of coffee a day, it's like, you know, the lines um, seem deeper and set in. And the more water I drink, and now I'm, I'm in a water phase right now, um, yeah. it just seems not, you know, my, my age doesn't seem as out there. Um, yeah. 
So anyway, that's just, uh, that's kind of one thing that you can do. But the big thing I hear when I tell people I'm a runner, mm -hmm. I think the reaction I get the most, you know, vegan or not, is like, oh, my knees and uh, oh, my feet, you know, and here's, here's the secret. And I hope we have some people who have jumped on or listening now. I can't really tell from yes, there uh, is, my there answer. Yes, there is some people. Okay. Yes. I see Joyce is on. Kaya, Kaya's on. She's local. She actually did my hair. She put red in it. So she's awesome. She's also a vegan runner. She's on. I'm not sure who else is on, but I think there's a couple more people on. Okay, cool. Um, well, we can just keep talking until we get to a couple thousand or whatever. But um, uh, so here's the reason I think I've done as well as I have, because like, you know, I've been running since I was 28. And I did some racing back then in St. Louis. It was called the Snowball Series, five races during January and February. And, you know, I was happy to be a middle of the packer then. Um, but vegans don't get arthritis, generally speaking. Um, animal protein causes inflammation in the joints. And um, women who used to beat me 10, 15 years ago, they aren't even running anymore. It's just so sad. Um, and I have talked to a couple of them in particular who used to like totally whoop my you know what. And one of them had a hip surgery and, you know, another, her knees were, were gone. I mean, there's a lot you can yeah. do. Um, I didn't bring my running shoes here. But the thing that has saved me over the years, too, is, you know, we all have biomechanical differences and imbalances. And mm -hmm. sometimes it changes over time. You know, I've had a lot of physical therapy over the years. I've kind of joked that I've kept physical therapist kids in college <laughs> locally but you know i kind of view it as a car and being well oiled and tuned Absolutely. and you just have to do that um mm -hmm. but uh you know the the physical therapists have said generally you know you just gotta um sometimes they'll say one leg's longer than the other and another time they won't so which is it is it just the way because i carried my three kids on a hip and you know, I'm throwing out my hip too much that day. I don't know. Um, you know, then you can do bridges and reset yourself. I mean, all the exercises that they give you. I mean, it's all good. Mm -hmm. And um, but the main thing that's helped me has been orthotics. Um, you know, it's not atypical for a woman with three kids. What happens is your hips spread apart from the hormone relaxin. And mm -hmm. then as a result, your patella, your kneecaps reposition, uh, kind of collapse in. And then you've got um, the kneecap that might be um, just, you know, not perfectly aligned as it used to be. So the mm -hmm. orthotics push up the arches and then reposition the patella. And I'm telling you, I mean, I had such knee pain when I started uh, running. And then um, when I was able to correct it first with cork orthotics, because that's what they made them out of. And now it's a more rigid material. But um, that's just just a little uh, hack that's helped me over the years. In terms of myths, right. you know, people just think you need to eat this. You're going to be hungry. You're going to starve to death. Um, and mm -hmm. that you just, of course, are not going to get enough this, that, and uh, everything else, you know, protein, energy. And, you know, I've really been able to, I, I think, hopefully dispel that every time I show up at a race. And usually I'll wear one of my vegan message shirts. Um, since COVID, you know, I was on constant book tour speaking at VegFest uh, multiple times a month since 2011 when my first book came out. And it was, you know, I moved to Florida so cool. thinking I was going to relax and chill. 
And then, you know, in 2008, I got this idea. It's like, you know, I'm so tired of seeing all these stories on the news that say you can't eat well on a budget. And I've been doing this for four, the better part of 40 years on and off. And having been a financial consultant at Smith Barney, I thought, you know, nobody's ever crunched the numbers on every single recipe just to show how cheap serving of oats is kind of thing. So every recipe in that first book has an estimated price based on ingredients you can find at any big box store. And sometimes people would say to me, oh, are you supporting Walmart? And I'm going like, oh, if you live below the, po the poverty level of $23,000 a year for a family of four, you're already shopping at Walmart. So let's show everybody how you can use plain everyday foods to come in under at $4 a day. And um, so that was, you know, that, that journey, the big myth, of course, um, that it's expensive or elite to eat vegan. Yeah, no, beans and grains, yeah. most cultures of the world survive just fine on that. And when you mm -hmm. give up the meat and dairy, you have plenty of money left over to <laughs> buy produce. And of course, in that book, oh. I also have tons of tips on how you can get produce cheaply, even for free, if you volunteer at a CSA, of which there are many in this area. Those are community-supported agriculture farms. And if you go on the website, localharvest.org, you can find those CSAs or any kind of co-op or um, uh, farmer's market in your area. They list uh, all of that. So, uh, and if you volunteer there, you know, you can, and I've done that, you know, you can get um, the produce shares for free sometimes so oh that's a great or do, tip. or do a work share and awesome. get a significant discount on on the produce every csa so is cool. different so yeah and yeah. i've been doing csas actually since my kids were young i, I remember awesome. we went to one one year and and uh the first time my then uh four-year-old daughter had sugar snap peas and she goes mommy is this candy <laughs> so yes. it's all about how you raise those little ones and mm -hmm. um you know, I think it has served them well. Yeah. Just having a garden and, you know, having them run out and pick dinner. And I don't care if they ate all the cherry tomatoes by the time they got in the house. It's all good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now, um, are you mostly, because I'm just curious, and um, Kaya, I think, brought it up too. She asked the question, are you 100% um, you raw? And Kaya asked, what percentage raw are you? So I think she means like raw vegan. Right. Um, you know, it depends on the day. Um, I would say, generally speaking, I'm 50 to 80% raw. And it, it just depends. Um, I will, uh, when I was on book tour, just kind of a little, these things they sometimes like to pop out. So if you see me squishing <laughs> back in my ear, that's why. Um, so when I was on book tour about two, three years ago, um, I was living on cliff bars. And, you know, I was a constant book tour with my publisher. And unlike most authors, I mean, to me, this is like what I learned how to do in sales. So why wouldn't you do it? I would stay at the publisher's table all day, selling not only my own books, but um, my, helping my publisher sell his books. Because I had read most of them. That's sort of the prep that I did before I wrote my first book. Yeah. And um, so I, I wasn't really taking good, you know, I was not a terribly healthy vegan and not eating the five to nine servings or whatever uh, of, of produce a day, and especially the dark greens, the dark green leafies. Mm -hmm. So um, I found myself uh, diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis, which is, you know, and I'm running around the country saying vegans don't get arthritis. Well, generally we don't get osteoarthritis, but 
uh, psoriasis is genetic. My dad had it. He had psoriatic arthritis. He, his toes were so curled by the end of his life, he could hardly walk, even though he was a fabulous tennis player through his 80s. Um, and so when I came up with this, I'm going like, and I, I Googled, <laughs> and my doctor said, just get off the computer. Don't Google this. Um, but if you do, uh, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be lucky to be walking in a year, let alone running. And I was having all the classic symptoms. My fingernails were coming off. I, my palms were cracked, red and bleeding. And um, the short story is I got connected with Dr. Brooke Goldner. And if you have an autoimmune disease, I highly, highly recommend her. She's a great interview. If she's available, uh, just tell her you're a friend of mine. Oh. Um, um, so she wrote a book called Goodbye Lupus, and she was supposed to be dead at 20. She's now in her 40s with two kids. She had a personal trainer husband who helped her do what's called hypernourishing. So her protocol, and this is what I started following, Vitamix or a high-powered water of dark green leafies, um, fresh ground flax seeds, a uh, fourth to a half cup, and then whatever bananas, uh, fruit, liquid to go in the blender to blend it, and you drink that all day long. So 64 ounces, you know, and she would it, want pictures, want us to send pictures of what the blender looked like with all the green <laughs> stuffed in it. So, you know, we're not just talking a few leaves of spinach, we're talking like the whole box, the whole container of spinach or wow. kale um, or collards, you know, that combination. Mm -hmm. So um, I did that and was just so blown away. So uh, she's now, and you know, before COVID again, uh, she was very much on the lecture circuit. She asked me to write the forward to her third book, which is called Goodbye Autoimmune Disease. And she has my before and after pictures in that book. So um, she was just like blown away by, wait, you're vegan. You're supposed to be healthy. Um, but you know, we all have these little mm -hmm. skeletons in our past. When I did the high protein diets, um, I may have done myself, and I'm supposed to, you're supposed to have a, a cardiac calcium score. That's sort of the, the heart test du jour these days, um, mm -hmm. zero to 400. Well, mine's 1600, and my co-author on vegan sex, Dr. Joel Kahn, who's one of the leading vegan cardiologists out there, he says, okay, you're at high risk for a heart attack or a stroke, just saying. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, and, but here's another thing, is that maybe it was that, I also got genetic testing. So I have the um, second to worst gene you can have for your body processing cholesterol. Um, the worst gene, and my, my dad and his two sisters had, I, I'm pretty sure they must've had this gene because your body can't process cholesterol at all. It just oozes out the pores. And they had these like fatty deposits uh, in the corners of their eyes. And I always thought that's just the weirdest thing. And I've never seen anybody since then who's had that. So I suspect that's what was going on. Not to mention, you know, that we all ate deep gooey butter cake from the bakery up in <laughs> St. Louis and, you know, mm -hmm. barbecue, all this all the time, St. Louis, garbage food. Um, anyway, but also endurance runners can have a high cardiac calcium score. I don't know if you've run across that. Um, might be something for you to check no, out. Yeah, um, definitely interested. But we can live just fine with that kind of calcium. Um, and it has yeah. been suggested, I because of this, uh, it was actually paid, uh, I was approved through Medicare to take the Dean Ornish program for reversing heart disease at Sarasota Memorial Hospital. I will tell you, this is before COVID, the people in my class all have had, uh, all had 
uh, they call it a cohort, um, had heart disease big time. I mean, they either had a heart attack or they had multiple bypass surgeries. I was the only one who didn't have any of that. And they're all looking at me like, why are you here? And you know, when I was a vegan book author, it's like even more, why are you here? Because they served a free vegan lunch twice, uh, twice a week in the classes. Um, but the main reason I got sent there was to force feed me meditating, which, you know, uh, I've done yoga and meditating. And, you know, I preach that a lot with all my clients. <laughs> I'd rather watch paint dry. But um, so for an hour, twice a week, I was forced to meditate. And it was wonderful and good. Um, and I probably need to get back to that because when you're tense, you know, the, the vessels restrict. And um, but so that's another interesting part of my story and um yeah. yeah so cool awesome does anyone have any questions um let's see i'll just catch up here on our comments here um oh anika's here hi anika um let's see um, okay i don't think i missed anything um oh i think we have a couple people on that are interested in raw vegan okay so yeah, so let's see, since we do have a couple of people interested in raw, do you have any um, any other tips for them? Yeah, so um, make it fun and easy. I mean, being raw really is pretty easy. You don't have to do the dishes too much. Yeah, um, cooking. I was a cooking instructor for Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. They now call it, I think, the Food for Life program. It used to be called the Cancer Project, only focused on cancer. When I started doing that, it was like, blow my mind. I saw so many reversals of diseases. It wasn't even funny. It's like, you know, where are the newspapers? Um, the newspaper actually did do a story on my biggest success in the class of a woman who was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. Um, they had given her up for dead and she came to the class, loses 120 pounds in eight months, never counting a calorie, just eating the recipes out of the book. And she is still alive. And this is like, I don't know, 10, 12 years later, wow. and I still hear from her on Facebook. So that's, oh, that's so of, cool. you know, such rewarding work to do. But um, yeah. one of the sponsors of the class became Salad Master, and you might see them at VegFest and, and different places. Um, they have, they and, and another company out there called uh, uh, Platinum have um, titanium cookware. It's, it's bonded with, um, stainless steel as well, but the titanium is supposed to make it completely um, resistant to absorbing the flavors or the uh, the metallic taste from other metals. Um, and, you know, they have this baking soda test where you can go through and test all your cookware and everything will taste metallic except for their cookware. And I don't know what the science is behind it, but um, Anyway, they donated these food, I'm getting to the point here. Um, they donated these, what they called food cutters or food processors. And there's kind of, they're kind of like your grandmother's, uh, if she had one, old fashioned meat grinders. So it has like this crank on the side, you know, no electricity and it has five interchangeable blades from tiny shredding to like potato wedge slices. And it makes it so fast and easy. I put a big ginormous bowl. This is what I usually do for lunch if I can. And of course, there is the cat. <laughs> I, he, she she no. wanted to go outside before this was over. And now I hear her scratching at the door. I'll just run over there in just a half second. But anyway, you just crank this stuff, put a big salad bowl underneath. You would serve a table of eight. 
and uh, then um, just, you know, all the vegetables that go into it. And it's like in five minutes, you have this huge salad. I'll be right back. Okay. I can okay. still hear you actually. But <laughs> oh, yay. Open the door for Misty, the rescue cat. Here you awesome. Are. That's so awesome. Yes. Grace actually said she has a salad master cookware. I've oh, never yeah? even heard of it. So that's really, really cool. Yeah. So I love um, cooking tools. I think it makes just life so much easier. Um, oh, hi. <laughs> I have uh, I have an instant pot. Ever since I got an instant pot, I recommend it to so many people to like cook their dried beans in and do your rice, all that stuff and soups. It's just so awesome. And it cooks things so fast that it's like, it's so cool. I'm like, you don't even need a kitchen, a full kitchen. Just get an instant pot and a blender and you're good to go. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, Vitamix now has an attachment that is a food processor as Ooh. well. So, oh yeah, that's, cool. that's my latest gadget du jour. I tried, I never like, I mean, you can really like deplete your life savings on these fun things and it should be no. fun. Um, I never <laughs> yeah. got the, uh, what do you, the air fryer. I just like, yes, that's they're big and heavy. And so, mm -hmm. but you know, if you got the space inclination for it, it's definitely better than deep frying stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, a blender is a great way to keep things raw. Um, and just, oh, oh um, Mark Reinfeld, I don't know if you know of him, but he's, uh, his book was vegan fusion and he okay. had a restaurant in Hawaii and moved back to the States. Um, and he's actually the chef at Vegan Summerfest. And if they ever get that thing going again uh, after COVID, it's summer camp for vegans. And it's the most fun thing I've ever done. I always wanted to do it. It's in um, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And they pull oh, in okay. national speakers from all over the country. You stay on campus there. Um, and so cool. you know, I'm just so glad I got to go to it. I mean, I don't know if they're going to reconstitute it. I don't think they really made a lot of money from it. Um, but it was just yeah. so much fun. And and Mark would, as the chef there for a number of years, he would have different pods. He would make the same recipes, but some of them would be no salt, no oil, no sugar. Um, there was a raw pod um, and gluten-free pod. And then, you know, we don't care pod kind of thing. But it's all the same vegan recipe, just with all those different um, emphasis. So, yeah. Uh, um, so he does, he, he, I think he has some training online training now for if anybody is interested in being a raw chef and he's just, I went to one of his physical classes when there was one down in Longboat Key and, uh, he invited me to just kind of sit in on it and help out a little bit. And it's like, oh my gosh. So all of his cookbooks are great too, if you're interested in raw. Um, you know, I do raw as much as I can. Uh, sometimes I get a little hungrier and especially if I'm training. Um, so I do like the whole grains. Um, that's. Yeah. So you add in more it. grains for carbohydrates just for fuel yeah. for training. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I have, um, I'm told that somebody with my sprint times, should not have ever even been able to complete a marathon. So I've done two full marathons and 13 half marathons and placed in one of those. Wow. Um, so it just depends what I'm training for. The sprinting, you know, I did all the, the, the Florida State Senior Games um, that just happened. They just recently canceled the National Senior Games, which was supposed to be in Fort Lauderdale uh, next summer. 
Oh, no. Um, yeah. So, um, but the state senior games I competed in and, um, you know, I do all six events, the 50, 100, 200, 400, 800, and 1500 meters. And, uh, you know, some of my friends go like, how do you do that? And I said, it's less than a 5k and you get all these rest breaks. (laughs) (laughs) Just like a track event, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Well, they are track events. And and this is the thing, you know, a lot of women my age, um, you know, when we went to high school, there were no intramurals, no um, after-school mm-hmm. sports except field hockey oh. and home economics, you know, because that's what we were supposed to do. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so that's why this age group really is, I think, kind of competitive because we just didn't have these opportunities, most of us in high school and college. My oh. daughter, who's five foot four, and maybe, okay, maybe there's a little genetics going on. Um, she's five feet tall and she broke the high school, uh, big high school in St. Louis, broke the, the pole vaulting record. Um, and that got her a full scholarship to the University of Southern California. So, um, but, you know, part of that was just the sprinting and, you know, we're all kind of little and petite and they all did gymnastics again, because I didn't have, um, growing up. I just, yeah. oh, Misty is oh, no. stuck. So, uh, oh, no. we have, <laughs> let me just go let her out. Oh, so we can oh. cut around the other way. Oh. All right. Ooh, the screen just went dark. Why did it do that? I don't know. Oh, no. There we go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because I pointed the lens in the light or something. Who knows? Oh, yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. It's doing weird. Oh, it's doing that again. Don't do that. All right. Yay. So cool. That is so cool. Oh, my gosh. Um. Oh, my gosh. I have so many questions. <laughs> I even know go for it. Go for it. I don't even know where to start. Um. So many things. Um, but let's see, let's start with what everyone else has here. Um, if there's anything I missed here. Oh, Kaya asked, what running shoes do you love? Oh, currently. Um, so I have tried them all. And I actually, before I wrote my fourth book, we could talk about my books, by the way, if you want to. Um, My fourth book was Vegan Fitness for Mortals. Because at this point in time, the only, at that point in time, the only fitness books by vegans, especially vegan runners, were, you know, The Rich Rolls, um, Robert Cheek and Vegan Bodybuilding, you know, all these hunky young guys. So um, my whole thing, especially coaching girls cross country, you know, I'd see these kids go all out and not take the time to do dynamic warmups and to do cool downs and they're getting injured and they're done. Mm -hmm. And my line in that book became finished without injury because that was always my goal. I want to be doing this until I'm a hundred. You know, uh, what's his name? The Olympian, uh, Jeff Galloway has a book called uh, run till you're a hundred. And that was sort of my, my, uh, stated goal to be able to do that. But you know, you have to be able to listen to your body and pull back when you need to and do that dreaded Mm -hmm. R word rest. And um, so as a result in preparation for that book, long winded answer to that question, I decided Mm -hmm. to, uh, I got a job at the local running store fit to run and um, just immerse myself in running shoes. So what works for me now is the Nike, Zoom series. I train in, I think it's just the Zoom 
just the Nike Zoom trainer. And then there's a Zoom Fly 4%. That was the one that was like $250. And cheaper than a bypass surgery, all of which my relatives yeah. had. So Absolutely. don't even there. Um, yeah, I'm so good at the uh, at the alibis, but no, it's really true. Um, true. And I, you know, having lived at hospitals, I saw how much those things cost, not only in dollars, but in emotion, emotional investing. And, oh, yeah. And um, so right. I've never, I've never, not that, you know, I'm going to go crazy on shoes or anything for that matter, but I've never gotten mad at myself for a dime I've spent that's related to running, whether it's an entry fee or, or the shoes. Um, yeah, yeah. So I did, the, I've done the four percent. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. It's an investment in yourself. Oh, absolutely. Funny. And, you know, mm -hmm. my reality at this age is so much different than my parents and anybody in my family. And by the way, I have five cousins who've gone vegan just because oh. we're all about the same age. And they've seen like, oh, wait, your your reality was just so different than, yeah. than what your parents and your, your family of origin lived through. So, yeah. um, so that's cool. that's been a lot of fun to kind of see that happen. Finally, you know, I'm not the black sheep of the family anymore. I'm yeah. not the token salad taker to family right. get togethers back in the days when we did those kinds of things. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. so you know, um, those the, the four percents and their successors, you know, they only last like 300 miles, and that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to write on the shoe the date you started using it and all that, and mm -hmm. keep track of the mileage. And I guess there's apps now that can do that for you as well. Um, so I used to run for my more endurance training uh, in the Nimbus series, the okay. um, Asics Nimbus. Yeah, um, I've done the Hoka's, and you know they've changed over the years. And that's the thing, you know, you get so you get like you love your shoe, and then they go and change it, and mm -hmm. it's just, so they can sell more <laughs> shoes. And the last, when I gave up on on the Nimbuses, I think they were at twenty two or something, or probably at twenty five or six by now. I don't know. They change them every year, and then they yeah. add them. So, um, but that was really fun working at the running store because they have track in there and, you know, I really liked helping people find a shoe that would work yeah. for them. And then the running stores have good policies where you can bring them back if you don't yeah. uh, totally trash them. And even if you do, I mean, part of our job would be using alcohol to clean off the dirt <laughs> from the bottom of the shoe. Um, and some shoes could not be returned as new to the shelf. And I'm right. not sure what happened to those, but <laughs> a worthy cause of donation, tax deductible donation or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Very cool. So yeah, let's shift and talk more about your book. So how many books have you published? Six. Um, and I've written chapters or sections of other books. Um, Gene Bauer had a section of the Farm Sanctuary book that he wrote. I did a section on eating vegan on a budget. So the first book, as I mentioned, Eat Vegan on $4 a Day. Then um, at the time I was living with my husband who, we were both TV investigative reporters in Miami and we had that connection and we did media consulting after I left Smith Barney. Um, and my first day working with him, I called up Neil Barnard and said, does PCRM need media consulting? And he said, well, I don't personally, because he's completely eloquent from birth. Um, but he said, I was thinking of doing it for my staff. So that started a two-year relationship where I was doing media consulting and I got to fly up to Washington and, you know, meet and train many of the doctors who are now on the circuit today. And that was really 
really exciting. Um, and that's kind of what planted the seed that I should maybe think about writing my own books at that point. Yeah. Um, so anyway, my husband and I did media training together. He didn't do that job. He did the first job with me, but then after that I was on my own because he just, he didn't get the vegan thing. Um, <laughs> oh, no. And uh, so um, the short story is I came up with, my second book was Kitchen Divided. So I just refused, the more I was getting into this, the more I just, I was not gonna cook anything for him that wasn't vegan, but I wanted to have kind of streamline the cooking process so you didn't have to be a short order chef. And so the recipes would be like my main dish and then his side dish and he could plop whatever stuff he wanted to in it, but I wasn't gonna have to do it. Um, or it would be something that you know might be palatable as a main dish for both of us. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, he, um, ended up having, um, within an hour, uh, a death-defying heart attack. And I drove him to the hospital and they said he literally came an hour uh, from within dying. And when he woke up from his multiple bypass surgery, he said, I never wanna have this pain again, help me go vegan. So I brought in my Vitamix because uh, the dietician said, oh, you know more about this than we do. So just, you know, go ahead and make them some green smoothies. Um, so I did that. And you know, the, the head of the cardiac unit at Blake Hospital in Bradenton asked him, when was the last time you had something green? And like, he couldn't remember before the heart attack. And so that's kind of what I was dealing with. Um, unfortunately, that was on, uh, the heart attack happened on Halloween because the um, ICU nurses were all dressed up in costumes. Mm -hmm. And we had a vegan Thanksgiving, but by Christmas he was done. And uh, his best friend who, were, who had reversed prostate cancer on a vegan diet said to him, you know, why don't you, you live with one of the best vegan cookbook authors in America, why don't you just eat what she cooks three times a day? And he said, I can't. And the real answer was, I won't. And um, at that point, just, you know, I, I was not gonna be Florence Nightingale a second time on this. And, uh, you know, I literally lived in the cardiac rehab unit with him for those 30 days, um, just being by his side and doing all that. And um, unfortunately too, what can happen with the heart lung machines and even just heart disease before leading up with, to that oxygen deprivation um, is uh, he became delusional and eventually violent. And um, so I'm all about till death do us part, but it wasn't gonna be my death first. So uh, <sighs> I, at that point, Made split. So that was book number two. Um, book number three was paleo vegan because I was hearing from my running friends the whole paleo craze like, <laughs> what is this? And I forced myself to read all of those meat based paleo books. And this is like, this is Atkins all over again. This is the zone South mm -hmm. Beach diet, just remarketed, repackaged. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, National Geographic about a year after. Uh, that book came out, came out with a cover story called The Real Paleo Diet. And it said, we were way more gatherers than we were hunters. And yeah, they quoted out of paleo uh, vegan without actually uh, attributing it to me, but they said things like that I was saying in the book, that the world can't sustain a diet based around uh, meat and dairy. And that it was the success rate of true hunter gatherers uh, was abysmal, maybe twice a month if they would go out and were lucky enough to catch something. And I interviewed in the book, Richard Rangham, who has since gone on the national lecture circuit with his, um, with his book, I think it's called Fire. And he talks about how the cooking of food um, is really what 
it gave us more calories and allowed our brains to grow larger. And um, he was interviewed by Dr. John McDougall, who's also on the circuit. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, McDougall said, uh, you know, well, a raw diet is a great way to lose weight, but you know, long-term you might get a little, hung a little hungry. So those were his words, not mine. Um, uh, but it is, it's a great way to keep your weight down. And I think that definitely has helped me over the years. All right. So that was book number three and then vegan fitness for mortals. Number four, number five. So, um, at the age of 62, up until then, all of my partners, marriages, relationships had been with non-vegans and eventually Starting at the age of 28, um, my partner then had ED. Every single partner had erectile dysfunction. And we were just told, part of aging just happens. Take the pill, you're good. And then when I got divorced at 62, I had my first vegan experience. It was so different. <laughs> oh my gosh, I thought the world needs to know about this because it's like, guys, if they knew what how it could be different, uh, we'll have a lot more vegans. And so I started writing my personal account of this. And um, at the Southwest Florida Fort Myers Veg Fest, and they just had their Veg Fest not long ago, very limited one. Um, so I met Joel Kahn, my co-author, who would become my co-author. I met him there and I said, you know, I'm starting to write this book on vegan sex and my publisher would really love it if I had a doctor who was a co-author and being a cardiologist, would you like to do it? And he said, absolutely. And so uh, we had just the best time putting that book together. So he writes about cool. the, um, the medical part and the research part of it, of which yeah, even at that point, there were some cycling studies that show um, vegans were outperforming like really consistently and that nitric oxide, which is getting a lot of press now with COVID and everything, um, and very predominant in beets, uh, mm -hmm. and Joel, you know, he would get on the lecture circuit then talking about that book and others, you know, say yes to no. So, um, uh, we just had a lot of fun doing that book together and, um, uh, it's, it's really, um, so but that the the first vegan guy that I was with, I mean, it was just really, I mean, I, I had physical therapists. I had some back pain, which is a funny story. And, you know, supporting the local physical therapist, they, <laughs> um, she said, you know, the reason you're having back pain is because your uterus is prolapsing because you haven't had intercourse. Can I say that? I just did. Okay. So their prescription, Medicare approved, was a dildo not for the purpose of enjoyment, but for stimulating muscles that had atrophied uh, around the vaginal walls. So um, I then shared with this physical therapy group that I suspected I was going to have an opportunity to actually have intercourse. And they go like, oh my gosh, it, take lubricants, it's gonna hurt, it's gonna be painful, horrible. <gasps> it wasn't at all. So being vegan with water, you have natural lubricants from the, the produce. Um, and, you know, so it works for women, not just for guys. 
And then, of course, um, as the Game Changers, how many of you have seen the Game Changers? That book mm -hmm. documented everything we said in Vegan Sex. And that came out a year after Vegan Sex did. So it was really cool. Um, wow. if you've seen that movie, the college kids are sitting there. Uh, you know, the one night they were given a meal that was not vegan, and then the next night yes. they were, and they noticed they, that their erectile function during the night was way better than it was with the meat-based meal. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was all, the research is all there now, and it's just very cool to see how that's played out. And my last book, yeah. if vegan sex doesn't work out, as I like to joke, vegan for one. <laughs> so, you know, we tend to have cookbooks that the recipes are for four, six, or eight. So vegan for one is just recipes for one or two. Awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Wow, so cool. Yeah, and that's good. And that's really good too that you have a book for people that are single and just want one meal. I I would think, well, not all of my clients, but I have had clients that tell me that, you know, they're like, I can't find recipes because, you know, they're for family and right. or or they have family that's not all vegan and they're just right. vegan. So that's really cool. And even just, yeah, even all those other books, it's so cool. And yeah, so cool. So brave too to put something, write something like that out there as well. Yeah. Just so cool. Yeah. But it's so true. I mean, it's the truth. And I think that's so cool. I mean, more people need to know about it because there's so many things that, I mean, you just mentioned in all of those books that could really help people's pain and challenges and struggles by just going plant based. And yeah really not that hard. As you said, it, you can do it on a budget. It's not that Absolutely. Hard. And, you know, especially with vegan sex, I've had a number of couples come up to me at the different veg fests where I've been and have said things like, you know, you've given us our life back. Thank you. Um, awesome. And, you know, you wouldn't think that something like that would have that much of an impact. Um, yeah. So it's just, um, as I like to say, there's no finer paycheck. I mean, you don't get paid a whole lot doing books these days because so much is on the internet, especially with recipes and everything right. like that. But, um, you yeah. know, it, it has been quite um, a switch just to kind of see how all this plays out. And yeah. I hope the veg fests start up again, but, you know, uh -huh. it's just a crazy new world. I know some of them like Tampa, yeah. uh, where I was involved, they uh, have done virtual, they did a virtual veg fest. And, you know, you get maybe a couple hundred if you're lucky. And of course the vendors, there's no way they can make money really um, doing something like that. So yeah. Yeah. just there's quite nothing like getting out and being able to taste vegan food for the first time or just, you know, the yes. different uh, restaurants that would come to the veg fest so you can see what their food tastes mm -hmm. like. Absolutely. Especially if you're new to vegan, it's, really great to be able to taste something and see especially when you're making that transition that like it doesn't have to mean like you know that you're eating vegetables and it's bland and it's yuck it's like no like it can be really really good right absolutely be very very good awesome oh my gosh yay you just shared so much with us let me see if there are any questions here. Does anyone have any questions for Ellen? She is a wealth of knowledge. Oh my goodness, so many, so many things that she just told us about. Um, okay, no questions. I don't see any questions for you. Let's see, do I have any other questions for you? Oh, here's one. So 
what is what is one like piece of advice if you could give anybody out of all your books and all the knowledge you have what is one piece of advice that you could give you know somebody maybe an older it could be somebody that's older adult or even just somebody transitioning to plant-based what could what's like a piece of advice you would give them i guess just keep it simple you know, some people get overwhelmed with, you know, oh, I got to go out and buy this, that, and the other thing. No, you don't. It's just, yeah. um, it's like when people ask me, well, how do you eat vegan on $4 a day? It's beans, grains, and greens. Shop the perimeter of the store. Mm -hmm. uh, look high, look low, because the manufacturers are paying expensive, their expensive products to greet you at eye level. Yes. Um, and cook from scratch. And people go, ooh, I got to cook from scratch. I don't have time. And I go, you don't have time for cancer, heart disease, and diabetes. Those are real mm -hmm. time wasters. So um, it's just important to uh, understand that it doesn't have to be complicated. And if you know, if you want to yeah. eat canned beans, that's okay too. Um, you know, there are lots of ways you can uh, add shortcuts to your life. I always uh, try and keep yeah. a container of whole grains like brown rice or millet or quinoa or something in the fridge mm -hmm. with some beans. And if I'm running out, I know it's not gonna be a vegan friendly place where I'm going, um, or I just wanna have something in the car, I'll take it in my lunchbox and I'll throw those two together with some salsa and you know, it's a quick meal. It doesn't oh, have yeah. to be so complicated. Absolutely, I love that. Yeah, I share a lot with my power bowls. I just love having power bowls. It's just so like a Buddha bowl. It's just so easy. It's like rice, beans, you know, your grains, your protein. You could even put tofu in there. Your vegetables. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Does he absolutely. Do that? Yeah. That's and great. there's so many options eating out now too. I mean, the only thing you oh, have yes. to be careful of is you know what else are they putting in there, like added sweeteners and stuff yes. like that. And when your diet's really clean, especially if you're raw. Um, you know, you go into a restaurant oh, yeah. and there's a sauce on something. It's like, Ooh, what is in this? Um, mm -hmm. I know, uh, I armature works <laughs> up in Tampa, you know, it's a great place. They have, um, some great vegan options up there, but you know, you can really, um, you just have to be careful, you know, if you want to, how, how strictly you want to stay with the program as a runner, yes. you know, I've seen runners will kind of use, um, okay, I eat this vegan diet so you know it's kind of an insurance policy i can go out and eat vegan donuts mm -hmm. um no and you know it depends i mean people uh obviously my immune system did not like um my life of cliff bars even though my taste buds did but and it was so convenient right but you know that kind of stuff it catches up with you and you just have mm -hmm. to figure out like what can i get away with um, yeah yeah yeah, and that's you can really... get away with a lot when you're younger, but not so much when you get older sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's so good to know because I think I get that question a lot between people. You know, they ask me about like going 100% plant-based. They're like, do I have to go 100% plant-based? Or is it okay if I eat some of these vegan, you know, processed foods? And I think you just explained it absolutely perfect. You know, like, yes, it's it's okay, but the older you get, it might catch up to you. <laughs> right. And there's also the epic part of this too. And, you know, if you, um, people say, well, can I, uh, I don't, you know, I can't give up cheese. It's like, okay, watch Darius scary seven <laughs> minutes and then get back to me. Talk to me mm -hmm. about that. And, you know, when I used to post that on Facebook back in the days, I guess when we could, you know, I'd always get several people saying, okay, I'm done. 
<laughs> they have dairy anymore. Um, so there are those kinds of things. You know, if you have people around you who aren't on board, you know, make sure they see all those cool movies that are out there now. Yeah. Um, you know, what the hell? The game changers. Game changers. Fitness is, is their concern. Um, and of course, mm -hmm. Forks Over Knives, the original mm -hmm. classic. Um, yeah. And there's plenty more. And, you know, lots of animal rights kinds of movies out there, too. That oh, yeah. Yeah. I think really the first one I saw was Food Inc. I think that's actually when I decided to go plant based. Like, after right. I watched that, I was like, I was done. I was done eating right. animals. I was like, no more. <laughs> No more. Yeah. So yes, absolutely. They're very eye-opening for sure. And I think a lot of yeah. people can watch those, you know, if they don't have some kind of family history or chronic illness, you know, they can watch those films and wow, your life has changed. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have a greater why to do it. You know, if you don't have right. that chronic illness, sometimes I think it's a little bit, could be a little bit harder to stick with it. But when you watch those films, it's, it's like, wow, like, yeah, and you know, I often uh, say the reason I think there are more younger people who are vegan these days is because, you know, as a TV investigative reporter, I would salivate for this device. And, you know, we have caught the moment that a baby calf is being ripped from its mother's breast. And as a human mammal, especially if you've breastfed, you know, you can really relate to that and go like, ew, you know, we just should not be doing this. And um, Absolutely not. It's, uh, I, I think people who have watched those videos enough and uh, it's different for everybody how much is enough, but you know, yeah. it's like, don't need to go back. No. And you know, no. nutritionally, we're the only species drinking milk from another species, so we <laughs> don't need it. There's absolutely no reason yeah. for us to be doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. I say the same things even to my boyfriend as well. And <laughs> he's just like, Wait, when he hears it again, but when he hears it from somebody else, he's like, "Oh, now I get it. Why do we do that?" I'm like, I know exactly my point. <laughs> Is he vegan? Oh, yeah. He's not, but he's getting there actually. But he's always flip floppy. He's like, the other day I heard he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this for real," but he's like, "But I'm gonna still eat chicken or eggs, okay?" <laughs> Oh, like, well, that's not really vegan. You're not quite there yet. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's so many videos of chickens and, you know, how they're treated with their beaks and uh, mm -hmm. need to go there. But yeah, I yep. get them on, you know, Earthlings is a good Just movie. If you haven't seen that one. Oh, yes. Uh, I think I've heard of that one. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Sometimes they say, like, it takes seven messages to get through to somebody. So yes. just keep pounding it. And then, you know, he's got right. one year, one year. Mm -hmm. I bet if I talk about their erectile dysfunction, did I say that oh. right? <laughs> Erectile. Erectile. There we go. <laughs> I bet that might get third job. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you haven't seen, have you seen the game changers? Especially the older we get. I mean, we're in our 30s, but we're still young. But yet, you know, we're, we'll get there. Have you seen the game changers? Yes. Yes. Okay. I have. I don't know if he has. Okay, well, that that really gets a lot of guys. And here's the yeah. thing, and I guess I didn't say this. Um, the reason erectile dysfunction is the leading indicator of heart disease by as much as 30 years, sometimes 20 or 10, but the vessels in the lower part of the body are much smaller than the arteries around the heart. So by the time you have that death-defying widow-maker heart attack, 
um, your arteries downstairs have already closed up big time and, uh, or the, the smaller blood vessels. So that's why I was seeing my partner at the age of 28 have ED. I mean, it's not always a guarantee that that's what's the cause, but often it is. Yeah. Wow. That's so crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Especially at that age. Awesome. So how can, how can people follow you? How can people find you? How can they find your books if they're interested in purchasing your books? All of that. So um, finding me, um, I have a website, vegcoach.com, but all my books are only available on Amazon at this point. Um, with COVID, as I started to mention, I had to pivot, you know, all the veg fest came to an end like that. The Seattle veg fest where I was spoke to, supposed to speak, um, back March was canceled on a week's notice and then nothing has happened since then. Um, so, uh, as a result, I've pivoted to real estate. So that's really where you can find me. Um, Ellen Sarasota.com. That's where I'm <laughs> alive and well. And, um, you know, tending that farm. Uh, and I would love to grow the vegan community more here too. I mean, we have great yeah. vegan restaurants um, and a, a already existing. In fact, that's how I met my current boyfriend who was doing vegan meetups in, in this area. And uh, I've been going to awesome. his meetups for four years. And the short story is he actually he had some health issues uh, for a family relative that he was checking out. So he was able to attend the Portland Veg Fest where he heard me speak and didn't realize till he was there that I was from Sarasota. So when he figured that out, he invited me to speak oh, at his events cool. sometimes in Sarasota. So the short story is we didn't both become available until about a year and a half ago. Um, and so that's wow. fun. And he's, he's now my broker too at, at the real estate company. So that's kind oh, that's of a, so cool. all fun how we've been able to, and he'll, he'll go with me. He was going with me to veg fest, uh, a couple of them, um, yeah. just to kind of help out and hang out. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, so cool. What a great love story. Awesome. 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 Okay, cool. So yes, go to Amazon. If you guys would like to check out Ellen's, um, uh, books and her website's vegcoach.com. So I can put that in the link to down below our video. Um, and then my last question for you, Oh, what's, what's next. So I know you're doing real estate, but I would love to know what's, what's next for you. Well, in terms of veganism, I mean, I'm just going to keep running and racing. I mean, some of the races are starting to open up. And as I like to say, racing is my activism. Because when people see me out there, like, you know, I've heard them say things at races as I go passing them by toward the end of the race, they'll say, oh, there goes that vegan energy. So, you know, it's not anything I'm necessarily getting paid for at this point in the vegan universe. Um, and, you know, being as old as I am, uh, uh, she wants to go out again, really? She just, um, I don't know if you hear her scratching, but um, anyway, uh, you know, I think real estate is my calling at this point. And, you know, it's not something you yeah. can kind of jump in and out of. Um, there right. are some veg fests that are on the calendar. Uh, if you look uh, at that, I'm going to be speaking at the Apopka veg fest, wine and food festival. I think it's called the end of February. Um, you know, okay. as long as things stay open. So just Really just kind of trying to stay up with the schedule that way. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's been a tough time for publishers. So I don't really see any new books mm -hmm. on the horizon at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've been able to find some local races as well, right? I think I've seen you. Yeah. There's a, there's um for those of us who are, those of you who are in the area and running uh, Dirty Timing 
is one um, that has races from like the Naples area up to, I guess, maybe just as far as Sarasota. Um, awesome. There is, uh, it's interesting, there's um, an organization called Run 941, which is our area code here. And they mm -hmm. used to do the, the Bacon 5K, which really annoyed me, but I would go just to place. <laughs> and the race director who, I'm sure he has a nice heart, good guy. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, when we, a couple of us vegans would go there and he would always make an apology about that. It's like, you know, uh, I, I'm pretty sure the pork producers was funding, you know, giving money so that you, I mean, who, uh, when you, if you've done races, you know, you don't usually get free bacon or free food like that. You have to pay for it. So mm -hmm. um, anyway, I think it was off the calendar this year because uh, I yeah. always would be very outspoken about it on social media, which, yeah. um, you know, I mean, races are hard to put on. I've been on the boards of running clubs, so I know yeah, how difficult it is, but, you know, glorifying pig slaughter, just, uh, yeah, I, even though they have hamburgers at a lot of races, I mean, that too. I, um, mm -hmm. One of the things I did, by the way, I did donate a sizable amount of money to be the main sponsor of the Boo Run in Lakewood Ranch a couple of years ago on the condition that all vegan food would be there. And so they did that. And it was, um, awesome. we made a, they, the race made a poster that they hung up at the start line that said the very first vegan race in America. And, oh, um, that's so, and cool. so we got a lot of press and coverage as a result of doing that. But it was very expensive to do that. And I haven't done it since. But that was yeah. kind of my goal before I kicked the bucket is to cross the finish line and not have to oh. inhale charred animal remains at the finish line. So. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh yeah, it's so needed. I think about that all the time. Like, what could I do? So we have at races, vegan food. Um, Cause I think about it all the time. I finish a race and I'm like, a cookie? Right. <laughs> That's not even gonna nutritionally help me recover. Meanwhile, not even vegan. So <laughs> my favorite one was Sarasota Memorial sponsored a race and uh, or they organized a race and Dunkin' Donuts was their primary uh, sponsor. And then they oh have all these God. cheese it bags and the goodie bags. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. The chips, snacks, all the snacks. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. So that's so cool. Awesome. Well, I know we went over our time here, but I thank you so much, Ellen. This was so amazing. And I hope everyone as well got a lot out of this, but I know I learned a lot. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This is a lot of fun. Love yes. talking to vegan runners. How, oh, I have a vegan runners Facebook page too. Um, oh, yes. A group. Yes. So a group, right? you know, if yeah, you have questions, um, we have about, I don't know, 2,400 fans or followers, members. Um, and, you know, I, because I'm doing a million different things, I'm not, I don't uh, stay on it as much as I should. I mean, I get a lot of notifications, but, you know, I just encourage people to yeah. share their bragging rights and um, mm -hmm. any questions that they have, I'm always there to yeah. answer eventually. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. So it's a great group for you guys to also check out as well. Awesome. Well, thank you well, so thank much. Well, thank you so much, Coach you. Kayla. Thank you. Pleasure. You're welcome. We'll talk again, I'm sure, very soon. And yeah, great. have a good, have a good evening. I like to say, gotta run. Yes. Love it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks so much.
for stopping by on the Plant-Based Performance Podcast. If you could do me one favor and share this episode to someone you think would like it, I'd be forever grateful. Also, please leave a review by going to iTunes and let us know what you would like to hear more of. Or if you have a question, leave us a voice message. Thanks again so much. Thank you.